Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. It is good to be back. I like a routine and I like to have structure and for three months I had neither of those things. So I'm very grateful to be in the flow and I'm really grateful to be rested. One of my great takeaways from my sabbatical was take every day off and use my free time for nourishment, not for extra time to do more work. That's a good lesson. We'll start with that one. But you know, today is June 6th, D-Day. And I remember as an undergrad, when I was living abroad and going to school, we did a field trip to the Normandy beaches where the D-Day invasion happened 77 years ago. And I will never forget being there. I will never forget looking up and thinking about what happened. I will never forget the reason why this war was going on in the first place, the multiple reasons. And in my heart, I will always be grateful for those men who were at that time my age who made an ultimate sacrifice. Now, I realize that last week was our Memorial Day holiday, but I think in our hearts as a nation, it is important for us to always remember those who gave their lives in service to our nation and to the world. Which kind of leads me to another point. You see behind me the Declaration of Independence, and I was thinking about that as well. Because our, the second sentence of this wonderful document, which has been picked up by many nations around the world as an inspiration, reads, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed with their, by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Today, what I want to talk about are values and core values. Now, we will be doing a study for the next five weeks of the Unity of Fairfax core values, but I wanted to start with this particular document because it highlights, I think, what are implied values of our nation. That all people are equal, that we all have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, history has shown that's been kind of a progress uh, to get to that point. But it, it is important for us to realize that in our culture, we hold, I believe, the desire and the idea of equality. We hold the notion that everybody can have life and have it abundantly, that everybody can have freedom, that everybody can be happy. These are very tall orders, very aspirational, and we're, we're working on getting there. And the work continues. But it is so important for us to realize that we do have values. And every organization has values, and every person has values that guide how they do what they do. Now, in some instances, as the one I just cited, we don't have a, a formalized statement as our nation, but we have implicit values. And sometimes in life, we have explicit values, like Unity of Fairfax. In most organizations, faith communities have explicit lists of core values. Most individuals have values themselves, and sometimes we have identified what those are formally, and sometimes they're kind of implied. And then there's a third category. 
unconscious values. Sometimes people haven't even stopped to think, what do I really value and why? Because our values become the benchmarks by which we measure our actions. They become the standards by which we gauge our decision-making process. Is this in alignment with my values or is this not in alignment with our values? But I've come to believe it is very important for all of us to understand the why we do what we do, to set the benchmarks for our own level of accountability. Because when we do, then the life we truly desire to have, we can have because we've set ourselves up to succeed by basing our lives on the things that are important to us, the things that we value. I want to segue for just a moment and talk about the month of June. It is June. I'm glad to be back. It's, uh, June is the month in this country in which we honor LGBT pride, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender pride. And the reason why I want to mention this is because it speaks to that idea of equality. We hold these truths that all people are created equal. And for the LGBT community, this too is an ongoing process. Now, June became associated with Pride Month on account of riots that were happening in New York City, June 28, 1969, when police raided a gay bar in New York City, the Stonewall Inn. Well, the people got tired of it and fought back. And that was not really the launch, but a significant step in the movement of LGBT equality. Six years ago, in June of 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that all people, any couple, any two people in our nation have the right to marry. And it was just last year, June 15th, 2020, almost one year ago, when the Supreme Court also ruled that discrimination based on sexual orientation is illegal in this country. I mention that as, one of, as a couple of many examples of what this process of becoming equal looks like. Not to disparage anyone or anything, but to highlight, to highlight for us the importance of continually working to maintain that, that idea of equality. It's like that sometimes in our personal lives. We have a standard that we've set for ourselves. And maybe we haven't always reached it. Or maybe it's been very awkward. The important work is keep going. As we say in some circles, progress, not perfection. Keep going. Always reach for the highest standard. It'll take work. But the work is always worth it, whether it's you're fulfilling an individual value or a collective and community value. Now, I want to talk about the core values of unity of Fairfax. And I want to have this time together to be an example for you as well, and for me, to review or even discern for the first time, what are my core values? Several years ago, Unity of Fairfax established five core values for this community. The five core values that will be the measure against which we make our decisions, the way in which we measure how we are engaging in our mission and vision. And so I want to take a dive into those with you. And the first core value we want to look at is this core value called spirit-centered. Now, in our, so we have five. Let's just look at, I want to look at all five. Yeah, I haven't done this for a few months, so bear with me. So we have five, spirit-centered, 
We turn to spirit for guidance and active communication. Love in action. We actively express unconditional love in all that we think, say, and do. Inclusive. We are welcoming, cooperative, connected, accepting, and compassionate to all. Peace. As bearers of spirit's divine inspiration, we are the peace we hope to see in the world and integrity. Our thoughts, words, and deeds are trustworthy, authentic, respectful, and responsible. Wow. Wow. That's a tall order, and we can do it. But the reason why I wanted to come back to us and, and, and ask you and ask myself even to review our core values is because life happens. We grow, we change, we, we, we have new experiences. So let's just think about the past year and, and, and how our values related to work are being made manifest. I mean, do we all need to do these hour and hour and a half commutes every day to go to work? I don't know. Do we need to be in person to connect? Well, we've had marvelous and incredible connections uh, online. Do we all need to be in one place to worship together? Yes. So anyway, <laughs> and no, because we've realized life changes and there is a wonderful way to stay connected, to work, and to do all these things, and our values will inform how we continue to engage post-pandemic. Spirit-centered. Let's talk about that for a moment. We turn, to spirit, we turn to spirit for guidance and active communication. Now, this value has several implications, and I want to talk about five of them with you right now, although there are many more. The first is that spirit is an animated something. In other words, it's alive! So spirit is alive because we can communicate with it. There's some guidance, something we're going to get from it. So to me, that implies the divine idea of life. Secondly, that it is positive. You know, we're, we're looking for guidance. If we're looking for guidance, we're looking to guidance from something. And so if we want guidance, it is our assumption that we are looking for wisdom. One of the ways in which we describe spirit in shorthand is omni-three and perfect P. Let's write this down. Omni-three means that spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, is omniscience, all knowledge. That it is omnipotence, all power. That it is omnipresence, Everywhere, all the time. Omni-three, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. And perfect P, perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. Or as we sometimes just shorthand that, the nature of God is altogether good. And that's what we are implying in the statement that we're looking for guidance. The third implication is that this divinity, this divine life, is aware of us. Because the implication is there's communication. There's something going on. So it, whatever it is, this omni-three and perfect three, is aware of us. 
forth. The assumption is that it wants good for us. Now, many people take this in a variety of different ways. In unity and new thought, we generally leave it as that God's will for us is absolute good. The details are up to us. I caught that from the Keys to the Kingdom program. Reverend David Owen Ritz used that line, and it has stuck with me for many, many years. The nature of God is absolute good. The details are up to us. We have a role to play. And the fifth assumption in this statement of being spirit-centered is that we have the capacity to intuit, to hear, to feel, to realize, to know, to experience the divine in our lives. You know, I, I want to hearken back to the Declaration of Independence, endowed by their creator. I love that line because it's basically saying these core values are spirit-centered. Spirit-centered, one of our core values here. So here's the mm, rub. How do we practice? How do we engage? How do we be in this active communication? And how do we receive the guidance? You know, most importantly, the question I ask, will I even recognize it when it comes? You know, one of the great things that human beings can do is fool ourselves. I don't know if you've done that. I know I have. I try to, like, make sure that God thinks the same way I think. I try to personify God and create it in my image. But that's not really how it works. So will I recognize divine guidance when it comes? And the other question is, how do I facilitate it coming? We know that our spiritual practices are the best gateway to opening our minds and our hearts to the divine intuitions, the thoughts, the inspirations of spirit. And they may come during meditation, they may come during prayer, or they may come afterwards, but our practices set ourselves up to be receptive, to quiet our mind, to put aside our own ego thoughts and expectations so that we can truly receive the divine ideas. So one of my mantras that I use, and I know other groups will do this collectively, is simply to hold the idea throughout the course of the day beyond my periods of practice. I am open to divine guidance. I am open to divine guidance. Whenever and wherever it comes. Because I can't put it in a box. Because if I put it in a box, then I've tried to take control of the process. So in other words, when an idea comes to me from out of the blue, that I probably wouldn't have thought of to me, that's one way of experiencing divine guidance. Now, the next issue we have with being spirit-centered and receiving this communication is, are we going to follow up on the guidance that we've been given? I don't know about you, but there have been times I've gotten ideas or knowing things I should do things that are my best interest, that I'm guided to do, and I go out looking for a second opinion, preferably one that doesn't allow me to have to be uncomfortable. Well, all too often I've said and I've experienced that spirit doesn't care if you're comfortable. Spirit cares if you're growing. Now, I realize that's some theistic language, but what it implies 
is that as a growing, spiritually maturing individual our whole lives and my whole life, I'm going to be uncomfortable for a time because I'm going to have to walk my walk of faith and trust. Ugh, who wants to do that? That's scary. I went on my ducks in a row. I want to know for a fact everything's going to be fine. The truth is, it will be fine. The reality is, how it's going to be fine, I have no idea, and I want to control that. Maybe you have that same situation. Kind of explains why it took the Israelites 40 years of wandering to get to the promised land. They wanted a second opinion. So physics answers the question why it is we are often reluctant to follow spiritual guidance because Newton's uh, law of, of, of physics, first law of motion, says a body at rest tends to stay at rest. A body in motion tends to stay in motion. So if you've prayed for guidance for something, you'll probably get the answer, and it's going to tell you, well, first, get off the couch. And secondly, go do the thing you don't think you can do and you don't want to do and you're afraid to do. (sighs) That's happened in my life more than once. But here's the truth. Omni-3 imperfect P, omnipresence, omniscience, omnipotence. Wherever we are, whatever the next step is, we will have what we need. Sometimes we're very fortunate that we get in our guidance, the full plan, every detail, and everything's set up, and it's easy. I've found, quite often, I'll get the final product, but not the in-between steps. Just the next step. (sighs) hate that. And there have been plenty of times where I've not gotten the final step. I've not gotten the details. I've only been made aware that there's just something I have to do today that I just have to trust there will be a next step. Maybe that's happened to you. All of these are applicable. But the thing is, remember these core beliefs about the divine, ever-present in us, in the world. Our faith informs us we will always have what we need to do the next thing. And that wherever we are, God is. So I want to close with just a final line of Scripture from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Because it speaks to what we're all going through now as we begin this process of emerging from the pandemic. And in the church in Corinth, Paul had written them and he was explaining, you know, here's what you're doing and and here's the new world that we are creating. And he's reminding them how powerful they are and how they can transform and what's going on. And, And they didn't really know what was going on. They just had to take it in faith. And you know, we have to take it in faith. Each and every one of us. How are we going to move out of this pandemic experience? How is unity of Fairfax going to emerge out of this experience? When we stay spirit-centered, when we live in accordance with this core value, what we are reminded of is that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And isn't that what we want? The freedom to have life, liberty, happiness, equality. If we let spirit guide us in the manifestation of those things, they are guaranteed. 
If we let Spirit guide us in our life and our day-to-day decisions, we will be free from the fear that we might do it wrong. And if we are willing to acknowledge this core value of being Spirit-driven, Spirit-centered, then we'll know wherever we are is the right place for us to be that there is a blessing and a gift in it, and we can move forward confidently. Peace be with you. It is good to be back. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate your donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.